Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. A Night Shift Radio original. Every week we bring you the good, the bad, the weird, and lesser known streaming movies. Hit subscribe for new episodes every Thursday and Sunday. Micah. Yeah. I know I know. Fight hasn't, but have you seen Dominion yet? Dominion? Dress, like Jurassic, Jurassic World, World Dominion? Dominion? Yes. No. No. Oh. <laughs> is, it, is it good? I uh, So I, I started this journey as what, an 11-year-old? And the the franchise has been one of my favorite things in entertainment for my entire life. I was at summer camp one year at like, you know, 12 years old. The kids called me JP because I had, you know, Jurassic Park t-shirts. I was reading the book. I was listening to the soundtrack, trying to ignore people who were calling me names. Uh, I, you know, I just leaned into it. Love it. So it was a very, very satisfying end to a, you know, a lifelong story for me. So I I strongly recommend it. I'll watch it, but for me, I think that the sequels peaked at Jurassic Park Two. <laughs> I, I think I, I think the Lost World is phenomenal. Let's, I don't know what, I don't know what anyone's smoking when they're like, Ugh, it's so bad. That movie is so good. It, it, you know, it is. It's really good. That even like three, three was not good, but three is still fun to me. It's still not bad. No, like none like, of them it's are not, bad. Is it's three not, the one where Billy becomes bad good. and kills the or yes. steals the eggs? He steals I the hate eggs. When they do that though, where they take like the young innocent kid and then they make him older and they're like, but now you're evil because uh, society's corrupted you or some shit, and everyone's just <laughs> like, yeah, that makes sense. Like that that definitely I try, tracks. I try not to talk shit about too many movies, um, but the one thing I did hear about Jurassic World Dominion is the fact that Dotson has the Barbas Barbasol can. Yes. And he never got it in the first movie. Right. That's that. It is a little bit odd. You wonder, like, how did they track that shit down? Because, like, it is they clearly it. it's, the, it's, the it's one too. Because it's like it's, lo- it's dented and rusted, and like it's it's very clearly it's lost in a fl- the lost can. in a flood. Yeah. baby. I don't know how. Well, they that's found the thing. It. It's not like one of those scenes where like it gets knocked out of uh, Newman's hand, and then you just don't see where it lands, and then they're like, oh yeah, blah. No, there's a specific. Set up shot of it getting fucking rolled over with mud and stuff. Like it is, <laughs> mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. a very gone. specific intentional shot to show you the shit's gone. <laughs> but they did. Yeah. Uh, they also Your hubris. Yeah. 
<laughs> that barbecue can is like the ultimate representation of man's hubris. Um, yeah. They did recast Dotson. How dare though. we shave our beards? <laughs> <laughs> they recast him, and he's less of like the uh, what uh, what Ellen described as like '90s suave, uh, and very much more of like a uh, like a nerdy, awkward tech CEO now. Oh. And I, I thought that was a really interesting choice. I, uh, I, it, you know, I liked it. I thought it was a good choice, but it, it took me a while. Like, is that the same guy? It's not. Dodson is, Dodson. Do, we got Dodson. Do we have Dodson here? Can someone confirm? <laughs> I'm a little I just, I, unsure. I, well, it's because they. It's it's hard because they recast him, right? right? Like yeah, they, that's the whole thing. So. I wanted someone to say that line though. There were some great fan service, some great callbacks to like the entire series, uh, but I wanted so much for someone to be like Dodson. Dodson. <laughs> we got Dodson here. Oh God! Listen, if the chance ever comes up in a Jurassic Park, a new Jurassic World movie ever comes up, I would do it. Yes, you, you have yes. to. It has to be done. Yeah, there there are a few franchises that if they knock on my door, I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, no worries. <laughs> yeah, whatever you want, <laughs> whatever you want." Jurassic Jurassic World would be one of them, um, and then I would say, uh, "Damn, no, hold on, no, I don't know, I don't know what else would it be. Just rest, Jurassic World." Yeah. You wouldn't want to do anything with uh, the movie we're about to talk about? Okay. So that's a whole different story because that's not a franchise. No. But, oh, it but it could, could be. be. <laughs> but it is my dream, my dream, my dream, my dream <laughs> to reboot this as a TV show. Yes. All right. Fuck yes. It is, I would love to do this as like a big budget action. Because like. Oh, where do we even start? Let's just start because there's so much I want to talk about. All right, about. let's do the intro. But like, here we go. That being said, yeah. hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight, and I'm Caleb. Hi, Caleb, and we have <laughs> we have back with us. Uh, for those of you who have been longtime listeners, we have Micah back with us. And so this is a twofold uh, invitation of Micah coming back. One. We're about to talk about a fantastic movie. I mean, you guys see the title of it. We're talking about Reign of Fire, uh, which, you know, Micah loves this film. But also, this is uh, an apology to make up for the <laughs> film we had Micah on last time, which was so bad that it, like, was offensively bad. So we really had to make this up to you. So this is why Reign of Fire is happening today. Micah, thank you we, for joining us. Yeah, it, it, it really put a dent in our friendship for a while. It was like, why did you make me watch Wolves? <laughs> why are why so, did you make me talk about it? So so grateful that you were willing to give us another chance after that because I like I wouldn't have I would have written this off. I almost wrote the show. Yeah, it's, it's all good. It's all and good. I'm on it. <laughs> yeah. So so we have uh, uh, Micah back and uh, Micah. Since the last time you've been on the show, you have done a lot of cool things. Like you uh, you now host. Well, had was hosting a show for a while, doing some really great interviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been doing some pretty cool stuff. Um, I'm about to start crowdfunding for my first feature All film. Right. So yes. I'm really excited about that. Um, other than that, I've been working with Movie Maker Magazine to uh, uh, to do interviews for them. Um, so I've interviewed like Denny Villeneuve for yeah. them, uh, Joe Wright, who's one of my favorite filmmakers, um, Spike Lee, a bunch of people. So, so many Shit. people that I've now forgotten how many people I've interviewed. That's- that's awesome. That's like, awesome. Which is a weird feeling to have. Um, and then other than that, you know, just been trying to like write as much as possible. I got wrapped finally. Oh, so good I'm a, for you. I am a managed filmmaker. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so I'm just trying to like write and try to get my work out there, but also trying to make my own stuff at the same time. Because I, I have this theory that 
um, you know, everyone says there's space for you in this industry. There's space. I don't believe that. Um, I, I think it, you you have to carve out whatever space you want in this in this industry. Yeah, because they're not making room for you. Yeah, um, so that's what I'm working on right now. That's awesome. Well, congrats on getting rep. That's such a that's a big deal. You know, for for writers especially. Yeah. You know, because it's you know as you know and as we know, it's very easy for a writer to get like one script sold and then people to be like, no, we really only liked that one thing from you. We never want to hear from yeah. you again. Please stop calling us. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that's my anxiety all the time, though. I would assume everybody hates me. Michael, that sounded personal. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, but <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's a really tough industry, you know, and it's, it is kind of, but I feel like, you know, uh, nowadays, and I think uh, if, if anything, if the coronavirus taught us anything is I'm hoping, I'm hoping, maybe this is too optimistic of me, but I'm hoping this showed Hollywood, I use the term in quotes because that's kind of a detached term, realize that you can have talent and writer's room across the country, that you don't all have to be sitting in that same space. You don't only have to be getting people from LA. You know, you could, you can have people wherever doing some parts of shows and not have to be right there on set. I'm hoping this is the message we take forward, but. Well, I hate to shatter your hope, <laughs> but writers' rooms have gone back to LA. Mother. They've gone back to LA. <laughs> I hate to destroy your hopes here. I mean, it's not happening. Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is, but but it should. <laughs> the only way you can prove yourself as a writer is to to make sure you go broke doing it, right? In LA, <laughs> yeah, you pay four thousand dollars a month for rent, and then and then prove to me you want to be a writer. Oh. Sure, cool. I can't even cool industry. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you could <laughs> you could easily just like probably cheaper live somewhere else, like fucking Utah, in like a six hundred dollar apartment. And then just, and, just and then just yeah, just like drive or fly to LA and stay in like a hotel for three days a week, just so you're there three days a week. Take a bunch of meetings and then fly back. And I bet you'd still be paying less than rent and everything else costs in LA. It might not be a bad idea, at right? This point, Live in like Nevada, you know, like find some desert place. <laughs> no, nobody wants. Nobody to live wants in to live in Nevada. Oh, no. I guess rents are really low, right? Like you don't live in Vegas. There's only but. like one. There's one place that people want to live in Vegas. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Like, there's no what? Nevada. There's no, there's no, are there any cities in Nevada? You don't want to live in Vegas? Sparks? Sparks, Nevada. <laughs> never even heard of it. Actually, I do kind of want to live in Sparks, Nevada. I'm not going to lie, just because of the name. I've been to Sparks. Uh, it, there's not much there. And it's, it's kind of, it's, it's next door to Reno, which there's uh, also Reno. not much there. Reno. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Reno. Everyone okay, forgets about Reno until I'm you're in Reno. And you're like, oh, that's right. This is Reno. I'm sorry to the people in Nevada for insulting, <laughs> right. the, insulting that state. I uh, I think I shot a man in Reno, uh, but it was oh. just to watch him die, so it was fine. I, I see what you did there. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. Uh, so we're talking about the movie Rain of Fire, and here's a thing I learned about this movie. So I obviously have seen this movie uh, before, you know, when it came out in, in the early 2000s and a bunch of times, but there's a couple of things like Gerard, uh, Gerard Butler. Out of Gerard nowhere. Gerard Depardieu. Gerard Depardieu. Yeah. No, but Gerard Butler, like... Out of nowhere? Well, kind of out of nowhere, because I watched this movie back then, and in 2002, I didn't think anything of Gerard... I mean, I didn't know Gerard Butler back in 2002, you know? Like, when did 300 mm. come out? That was, like, 2010? 
No, no, 2005, 2006. Okay, so yeah, so like I didn't really know of him. You know, there was like the Phantom of the Opera movie, but I didn't consider, you know, he was just some There you go. Dude. Right yep. there. That was a huge movie for people. That was, that was good. And then, and then it was this, and I was like, oh, yeah. But then we have, you know, of course, Christian Bale, um, which Christian Bale got me on this one because he started talking, and I was like, wow, he does a really good English accent. And I'm like, oh, you yeah. fucking idiot. He is. <laughs> he is English. Can you, believe, can you believe he was 27 when he made that film? Wow. Oh, wow. Doesn't he look like yeah. 40? Well, he's got one of those like, faces. It's like... He's consistently like that, though. Consistently grizzled. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, I wish I looked that manly (laughs) at 27. I still don't know how I look. (laughs) My perception of myself is just, it's awful, I guess. But. I mean, the, the the cast in this, I mean, you, you have, like, the movie starts as, well, like, we have the 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 actual intro, but then once the the story actually starts, it's like yeah. a good minute and a half of just shirtless Christian Bale, and then we have yeah, yeah, yeah. an because absolutely you need ripped because Matthew you, McConaughey. Because you need it, you need it because because Christian Bale was adamant about being shirtless because of how ripped Matthew McConaughey came. Oh. <laughs> that see that that makes sense. That is an actual thing. That once he saw how ripped Matthew McConaughey was, he was like, I have to. Now get just he as just ripped. drops and starts doing push ups. Like, oh, fuck, I gotta get this. He just starts doing push ups. <laughs> you do not want to be the guy that shows up and gets shown up by Matthew McConaughey. Right. <laughs> yeah, we, we can get to Van Sant in a second, but man, <laughs> let's not sleep on that intro though, because the, the London Underground. Yeah. Host Dragon. Yes. yes. I. I think this. What a great premise. I think this is a fantastic premise. I love the idea of it being like. Oh, dinosaurs? No, dragons killed the dinosaurs and then just <laughs> fucked off for a million years. <laughs> and then we're like, oh, I also we'll really this is this is what made me realize that this was a TV show though, because there's a timeline. Yeah. This didn't happen overnight. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Time Time magazine had time to make a cover about it's, it. Right? Yes. <laughs> there is there was a, a a succinct slow decline of c- civilization mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. where people had time to process that it was dragons and i'm like that's a fucking tv show right yeah that's a tv show and well, a like, half. yeah Holy you do the shit. show centered around like when dragons first come back like because it's what 20 years right. roughly from the time yeah well the the movie takes place in 2020 right. but the events <laughs> Which, happen yeah. in 2002 Eight or two thousand eight. Yep, and uh, so yeah. yeah, yeah. So you've got twelve years of this. But I did see that there is a mistake in that the trailer for this movie actually says the film takes place in twenty eighty, but it's actually yeah, yeah. It's I think it's because um, there's there was a rumor that it was supposed to be Schwarzenegger that stars in it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. timeline wise, wouldn't that made? I feel like that would have made more sense to the twenty eighty. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, is it? Is it because he's so old? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Schwarzenegger is pretty old. In 2000, 2002, he wasn't that old, though. No, that's true. Well, no, yeah, because... He was still doing some action movies here Yeah, because he's in his 60s now, so he was only like 40-something back then, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Like 40 Our or 50. Our math is completely wrong. He's like 90 right now. Yeah, yeah. I have no clue. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's got to be what? He is 74. 74, yeah. So he was 54 okay. 20 years ago when this movie you know, came out. That's Tom Cruise age yeah. right there. Nice. That's prime. That's yeah. prime action Well, I mean, movies, Tom you know? Cruise was definitely to... replaced by a Westworld robot, and no one can tell me otherwise. That's just... <laughs> 
Listen, I'm not I'm not opposed to that idea, but I'll love me some Tom Cruise. That's why Google's trying to silence the whistleblower about their AI. But, yeah. Because it's Tom Cruise's <laughs> life. It's actually just Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise it's just a sentient Tom right. Cruise in there. Just, I was like, hello, this is Tom Cruise, star of the firm and Mission Impossible. <laughs> Oh boy, <clears throat> yeah. But this intro is really cool because you know you get the you get the kit. I think there's a great line in this where you know we get young Christian Bale and he's coming up and you know his mom is obviously in charge of these mines and stuff. And a great line where she's like, "Have you been smoking?" And he goes, "No." You know, I only smoke when I drink. That is such a <laughs> clever line for a little kid to say. Like that is a well written line. Like that's a great line. Yeah, and what I like about that is because it literally, like, when it flashes forward, it actually gives you a character yeah. arc. Because yeah. like, he starts off as, like, this cheeky, like, kid, and then he's just, like, this grizzled adult. <laughs> and you're like, what happened? Right. <laughs> what, what happened to your joke? Yeah, I mean. But he's still got that still sense smoke? of humor, though, when he's when he's trading barbs with the, the, the kid, whose name I can't remember. Uh, and he's like, man, I. Yeah, he's like, I, Jared? I thought I got rid of you for good this time. Yeah. Like, that kind of shit. Like, he still has that, like, quick wit. It's underneath. It's but, buried in yeah. ash. Yeah, oh. exactly. Exactly. I, I also love that, like, you, you figure a kid like that is has got to have that kind of sense of humor because absolutely not one single soul questions this, like, 12-year-old wandering onto, a, like, a dig site with no, like, yep. helmet or anything and just, you know, letting himself down to the, the, the farthest depths where the project's happening. And everyone's just like, hey, Quinn, what's up? You want a beer? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doing the night shift, yeah. are we? Yeah, someone's got to clean up after your mess. Like, yeah, just I lo- like everything about that whole scene. Like all the way up to you know the the climax of that of this scene is is just very well written, and I think it establishes. I, what's nice about it though is that they don't they don't go into any like scientific detail in the be- like before the big reveal of what yeah. happens, and I love that they keep it vague enough where you're just like characters i'm just gonna look at the characters and not be like mm. wait so what are you drilling and why like what is happening you know like you, it's just a vague enough where you're like oh yeah they're doing some drilling thing i don't know it they're makes sense. The drilling. Yeah. what i what i absolutely love about that um that intro is that it it, it completely reflects uh the ending of the yep. movie mm-hmm. where it's like you know the like spoilers you guys have never seen this movie <laughs> oh, no. i was listening but the the fact that they're weak in twilight hours so mm-hmm. it's like the shift like the day shift is moving to the night yep. shift so he's going is like oh we brought to work the night shift and blah 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 yeah someone's got to clean up after your mess he literally cleans up their mess at the end of the movie ah. oh jeez oh, like, wow. wow all right <laughs> he literally he literally gets it done at the end of the movie at the same same place and same time like time of the day wow damn <laughs> That is a good wrap up. That is that is good. So, <laughs> so this movie was directed by Rob Bowman, um, and yeah, rest, rest yeah, in peace. I, Rob, he's not yeah. dead. He's just his career. <laughs> just his career. <laughs> well, he did a whole bunch of uh, TV. He did. He does great yeah. TV. He does great TV. But he did Electra in the Hollywood. Once you flop that yeah. hard, they're just like, yeah, no, 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 no. You can't do movies again. And I really want Rob Bowman. If I do, if I do make a TV show out of this. I would love for Rob Bowman to come direct the pilot. Yeah, I he direct he deserves it. He did such a great goddamn job. This This is really good. But Rob Bowman actually directed one of my favorite movies that I feel like people have never heard of, and it's Airborne. (laughs) Electra. Okay, good. No, it wasn't Electra. It's Electra. (laughs) And surprise, it was Electra. No, that movie was terrible. But um, (laughs) I just remember watching Electra and being like. 
this is the most awkward movie I've ever watched. Like everybody feels awkward in the movie. Like it just was weird. But yeah. Airborne is a great movie. So I, this is one I actually always mistake it for a Disney film, um, but it is not a Disney film. It just was out, you know, in that height of Disney. But it has Jack Black, Seth Green. Chris Conrad, uh, I would say Shane McDermott, but literally he she, he was only in this and then like nothing else. But like Edie McClurg, Patrick Thomas O'Brien, like the the cast of this movie is just fantastic. But basically, it's about this young kid, uh, Mitchell Goosen, who uh, lives in California, is a surfer dude in California. This is in the '90s. Gets sent to live with his family in like I don't know, like classic Disney, right? Uh, yeah, uh, and it. he ends up moving to uh, I don't know, like Utah or Salt Lake, Salt Lake City or something like that, some other uh, crazy place. And so you know, it's him. <clears throat> struggling to, you know, have his laid back surfer attitude in this very uptight town where they all they do is play hockey and rollerblade. And then he ends up doing uh, it's just like that other one where the guy Johnny Tsunami. Oh, same yeah. Same, same idea. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. And then he ends up getting into the crowd and they respect him because he rollerblades really well and he rollerblades down this crazy hill. And like Jack Black is on his yeah, team man. and they're like fighting. <laughs> It's crazy, oh but this God. is like one of Jack Black's like early films. But Seth Green plays his cousin, and it's Seth Green when he has the really long hair. Uh, God, this movie Love was it. so good, and I it's just really hard to find. It's not streaming anywhere, and the only place you could watch it is if you just straight up buy it for like twenty bucks. But I fucking love this movie to death because this was right around the time I was like rollerblading and I was like, Oh, I'm like Mitchell Goosen. You know, I'm like 13, 14 (laughs) watching this movie and I'm like, that could totally be me. This is so cool. I could impress all the bullies with my six (laughs) roller skating skills. (laughs) How'd that work out for you? It did not uh, (laughs) work out the way I would like it to. That's so funny because rain of fire is like post nine 11. So it's basically the same thing. (laughs) It's like it's like being South Asian at post nine eleven America. It's oh, like you're God. just like dealing with fire coming at down all on time. you all yeah. the time. Yeah. Oh jeez. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm sorry. That got dark. I was trying to make a joke, but, 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 but when you're trying to make a joke, but it's just true. And you're just like, ah, it's oh, just, uh, just like, I remember the dragons. <laughs> and by dragons we meant the white dragons of the cake. Oh. Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> There it is. And we've wrapped it right back up with wolves. <laughs> we, we brought it back oh, before. It always comes back with wolves. wolves. Uh, so the, the miners of this movie, they uncover sleeping dragons. Now, they, miners they dug as too in deep. the miners, not yes, more, children. more children. But I mean, it was clear. also a miner who makes the discovery. Because <laughs> Quinn right, right. is to the one fair, who crawls through the hole. A miner makes the discovery, but uh, there, he's not a miner. <laughs> he's, he's a, a miner. miner. Minor, minor. Language is so fucking weird. Imagine teaching <laughs> someone in English and being like, "Yeah, minor," but no, not a minor. And they'd be like, "What the fuck are you saying right now? <laughs> like, what are you even saying? I don't understand any of these words." <laughs> you have three words that sound exactly the same: two, two, and two. What does it mean? Um, but yeah, there, 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 Michael. <laughs> oh God. Uh, so yeah, so so the dragons killed all the dinosaurs. And then Correct. just they were the they were the K two us right oh my yep. god but then they just like such a badass premise too. get 
in the earth, right? Like they they like bury yeah, yeah, themselves yeah. in the ground. Is that that's the assumption, right? Yeah, yeah. Hibernation. Okay. Yeah, a very long sleep. Yeah, which so. I think is fi- uh, is kind of interesting. Is that it took all the way to 2008 for someone to dig deep enough to find dragons, like worldwide. Right. So like we just missed they them. Dig, they did. They dig deep. They they dug deep though. If you remember, see the elevator mm-hmm. shaft mm-hmm. down it goes. That's deep, I mean, it had man. to have been at least yeah. a mile or two, like it, or a mile. It's like because right. that scene, they're going up, and it's like that's a long yeah. scene, you know. So, yeah, 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 it's a long scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they dug too deep, as the mine, the the dwarves, the this, yeah, say. the classic. You, you dug too deep, you you push too far, and look what you uncover: dragons. Yeah, I mean. I'd be okay if we accidentally discovered dragons right now. Not if it led to what well, happens in the movie, but I think it'd be cool if we saw them. If it did happen the way it happened in the movie, as long as I got that time cover, yeah, I think I would be satisfied. <laughs> be like, wow, it all came this together, is, man. Look, well, look at that. Very nice. Life reflecting art. <laughs> as you're about to be bombarded by a dragon, like, ah, I can go yeah, in yeah, peace. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I, I I do have to say that when it like after this intro when it flashes forward and we see the timestamp you know tw- in the year twenty twenty I was like well that's a little too on the nose yeah yeah because <laughs> think of all the shit that happened in twenty twenty oh damn yeah I didn't even think about how you with with the entire world felt like it was on fire in the year twenty twenty and uh, there we yeah, go they didn't but they didn't know that <laughs> they didn't or yeah. did they well you know what's kind of interesting is that so this film was shot in uh, parts of Ireland and Ireland was in a lockdown during the filming of this movie because there was a crazy outbreak of hand and foot disease uh, foot hand foot mouth disease so there basically was a quarantine happening <laughs> when this movie was being filmed. And then now in the movie, the time it was set, there was yet another lockdown because of because of COVID. So that is also some crazy little like foreshadowing, I guess. The Chekhov's plague? I don't know. <laughs> is that how that works? They knew, <laughs> they knew it was happening. <laughs> they predicted the 2020. Oh, but we get our so we get our so, first dragon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we get our first dragon, which is the male, the male yeah. dragon, right? Who's gigantic? And there's only He's one in- male, like total. I mean, I- that—that's the only thing that I rejected this premise sure. that there's one yeah. male. You know, it, I just—I just don't see—I don't see how that would happen. I would—I would feel like um, dragons would like become territorial, so there'd be a male in like different sectors of the world that would manage each sector. It'd be kind of be like a. Yeah, like a like a like a uh, monarchy. Right, right, right. Well, it's kind of like the opposite of a, a queen bee, where there's only one queen, and and like they just they only make a new queen when they need to. And I wonder, like, yeah. how does that work with the the male? Do they just know when it's time to make a new like broodlord oh, or whatever they would call him? I never thought I never thought about it as bee. Yeah, but then that also poses the question because spoilers: the end of the movie, they determine if they kill the male. The male won't uh, be able to fertilize any of the female of the eggs, and then the species right. will die out. So that again says that, like, well, that means that no one is gonna Jurassic yeah. Park and you know self procreate. Yeah, I think that the, yeah, if the dragons are this advanced this species, it would correct itself. Right, you would think so. I, like, yeah, no, I, I, I uh, it's either that or there are more males. It, 
Yeah, I mean, there would have to be. I, I, we do get a very right. uh, interesting Jurassic Park parallel, though. Um, we get in the in Jurassic Park where they say, you know, like, how do you know they're all female? What do you do? Go around and uh, lift up all the dinosaur <laughs> skirts. Uh, and in this one, he's like, how do you know they're all female? And he's like, yeah, I don't really have a chance to check the plumbing while I'm running for my life. And I think that's a very <laughs> funny, like, kind of a parallel line of that. But then it turns out it's kind of, you know, Jurassic Park, though, they were just, you know, self-procreating, whereas in this, it's just the one dude that just got to go around and kablam on all the eggs and be like, peace out, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) Although they they show at one point, like when they've they've downed a a dragon and like, uh, I think it's Quinn who like pulls the egg out from it. You see like a like fully formed embryo in that egg, which couldn't happen if it wasn't fertilized. So... Ah, uh, ah! Uh. But that also see—that's that's the thing that 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 issues with is like so you're telling me that the male just goes around the world, right? He would have like he would have one to. male just goes around the world, but then comes back to London. Yeah, yeah, because they they basically said like they they tracked the spread from like one epicenter, which is how they determined that there must be only one male. I'm like okay, mm. like I mean that's oh. that's clever, but like how's he getting around? How are they? Because they, they, they talk about like the the dragons essentially multiply exponentially, uh, yeah. like you know, they're like we for every one we kill, a hundred more shows up. Like that is a busy uh, broodlord. Yeah, that is a busy. busy <laughs> I mean, you just crop dusting fields of eggs. <laughs> I would have also really loved to see like younger dragons. They didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Like like they just say like, they just kind of show fully grown ones. But like you know, you know. Okay, controversial here. Okay, all right. Um, Godzilla. Yeah. The American version, the first, the one. Matthew yes. Broderick one, the little, the, yes, yeah, yeah, the little baby Godzillas were terrifying, yeah, yeah the, and like bringing that like that level of horror down to like a smaller scale was fucking. I still think is one of the best choices that movie ever made. I didn't. I liked that movie. I I didn't yeah, hate that it's movie. Not a bad movie. I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah, I didn't mind it. I give that movie like a seven out of ten. Totally, easy. it's a it's a fun watchable movie. You know where it's not like yeah. terrible, terrible. It's just be like, yeah, this is this is fun. I you know yeah. so I kind of had a theory. Roland Emmerich is a good director when he has the right material to yeah. work with. Like I love The Patriot and I love Godzilla and I like like I like the IP of Godzilla and I love like. You know, I mean, you guys can even see like I have Godzilla back yeah, here. Yeah, I saw your Godzilla vs yeah. Kong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like he's a he's a pretty like he's a good director once he when he has the good like really good material under his belt, but um I can see why people have kind of faded from his his uh, filmography lately because he keeps repeating himself. Yeah, I I could see that absolutely. I go I still go see them. Cause I mean I'll fan, still go but... see. I pretty much go see any movie I can. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I I have a theory. I know that they kind of the words they use make it seem like he's the only male in the world. But maybe he's not the only male in the world. Maybe it is very much like, um, uh, you know, uh, what you guys were saying about, like, it's, you know, territorials. So maybe Mm -hmm. this is kind of like the Independence Day thing, right? So, like, they figured out how to defeat the thing. You know, they're like, oh, we figured it out. You kill the one male. And then the the speed your nest area, your territory areas, dragons will die out because there's no male there so that's how they like send the message you know maybe like you know uh all the the people like spread out across the world and start saying like oh you just have to kill the male and then your species area will die out maybe that's the thing i just i do have a hard time believing there's only one male in the whole world i think that's where i struggle 
that that's a that is probably a premise i will change yeah yeah i i'm looking forward to to how you do that so yeah so when i I think the idea of there being individual nests that are just they're spread out enough because like the males are super territorial or something like that i think that has is has a lot of potential yeah Yeah. i i I agree with that too um so also think it would be super interesting to see like like if there were males born like how they compete for a superiority Mm -hmm. big dragon battles seeing that dragon yeah dragon battles hierarchy battles oh my god an entire episode that's just dragons fighting each other yeah i'd watch the shit out of that just one whole episode no dialogue whatsoever no humans yes all dragon baby that's the type of episode that like would win an emmy because like it was so you know because that reminds me of like the episodes I, i can't think of the one was it, I think it was like Rick and Morty or something who did an entire episode where nobody ever talks the whole episode, and then it ended up uh, like winning an Emmy. Was it was was it Rick and Morty or BoJack? I think Morrison? it might have been BoJack, but I forgot. There's some episode of like an animated show where nobody talks the whole episode, like it is just yeah, a silent. I think it's you know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they won an Emmy. I I can't remember if they did or not. So don't quote yeah. me. But I think it was BoJack Horseman when he's underwater and they're like the seahorse. Oh, okay. Maybe that was the one. I think. Well, and if I can be so bold as to say it, we already have proof that Micah can pull something off with no dialogue. I mean, <laughs> literally, oh, it's, there. it's there. It's <laughs> there. I, mean, I just love. I just love no dialogue. I don't. There's something about it that's just like I love just relying entirely on visuals to tell a story mm-hmm. so i'd be so into that oh i think that yeah. would be great yeah it's big old dino or uh dragon battle so so quinn is our main character right quinn is played by christian bale yes. he's the young kid introduced shirtless yep introduced shirtless because <laughs> yes. yeah because i mean I, you know look I, I know we're objectifying here but like if christian bale's in my movie he's not wearing a shirt Right. I don't care what shape he's in <laughs> at any time. Like he could be Dick Cheney again shape. He could be this movie shape or Batman shape. He's not wearing a shirt for at least a scene. Has he, I do think I do think that Christian Bale has a shirtless scene in every I was movie. gonna say, has he done a movie where he hasn't had a shirtless scene? I just think I haven't seen it. I just it. think it'd be funny you, Christian Bale rolls into set like for any film and just they're like, All right, uh, you know, uh Mr. Bale, if you could go ahead and get in your spot, he'd be like, Yeah. And he just starts taking your shirt off. They're like, What are you doing? He's like, well, I I'm acting. What are you <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking I'm about? Like, I'm shirtless in this scene. Shirt on. Are you? You're like, I, are you? Like, you're grocery shopping in this scene. Yeah. I don't know, I <laughs> I don't know how you get your watermelons. Um, <laughs> what accent was that? I know it was like kind of Australian, but I like panicked because I was trying to think of like what can I say, and it just it. I chose watermelon you for some reason. Watermelon. I don't know. I was you went with watermelon. I, I don't even know. I bet you Mr. Bale doesn't even eat watermelon. I don't know. Like this, it just came out of nowhere. Ah, oh, that was embarrassing. So, so we have Quinn grown up. We see that he's running a commune yeah. inside of a uh, castle. I wouldn't call it a commune. I wouldn't call it a commune. Yeah. Commune has a weird connotation to it. I would call it a like survival. A survival. Okay. Uh, in a in a, a survival. A survival. Camp. An enclave. An enclave. Enclave. Yeah, it's all right. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not running yeah. a cult, Refugees. but yeah. So I guess commune. <laughs> no, he's not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. He's, not, he's not Jared yeah. Leto. Oh, <laughs> <he's> not, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that somewhere in the Rain of Fire universe, Jared Leto is running a cult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just in the Mykonos, just running a dragon cult of cult. the dragon. <laughs> I am. I am the son of dragons. Yes. 
<laughs> Worship me. <laughs> Awkwardly flapping his arms over like a hillside, and people Just are like, like, "Watch me soar." Like, the episodes write themselves. <laughs> <laughs> this has dragon to be just a show. Chomps. Uh, yeah. So, so I think th- you know, there's a really cute scene in this movie where hold on, hold on. Jared Leto would try to fuck a dragon. He, he would totally would. fuck a dragon. He would try it. He would try. He do absolutely it. would. He's like, watch me make the next, the next the air. human dragon <laughs> hybrid. He'll be, oh be the the Leto oh boy. Uh, so there's a really cute scene inside of this castle where you know it's it's all the young kids and they're watching. Um, they're watching. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We're jumping oh, okay. the gun. Go we're ahead. Jumping the gun. Oh. <laughs> First, we set up Eddie. Eddie's about to try to leave. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Car. We're jumping the gun. Because it's the whole thing where it's like, oh, if you leave, they track you back. Um, so, yeah. So we set up this whole family that's about to like just try to like book it because they're like, well, there's no hope here. Yeah, there's, there's no, no food. Hope, and um, Yeah. Yeah. Even though they fuck all that up when they leave. Yeah. This, like, I mean, this is the, the, like, the classic, like, nobody listens to the guy who's supposed to be in charge. And like, please right. don't leave. We need to wait for that food to, like, to, to be, like, fully ripened and this, for the seeds to be able to, to, like, to germinate so we can continue growing crops. And, like, look, I get it. You're hungry. We're all hungry. We have to tough it out so, you know, for the long run. And people are like, fuck it. We're hungry. And they go. And, of course, it ruins everything. And later on, a similar thing well, happens where not, he's like, don't do that thing. because they're hungry. They want to leave. They're, like, stocking up to go somewhere. Yeah. I don't know where they're going, though. They, they said something to the effect of, like, yeah, but there's food out there somewhere, and we, you know, we want to go find it. We don't want to wait here for that. So I think the assumption is, is that there's a rumor that there's some, you know, just this is very, like, Walking Dead, you know, any of those sort of films where people are isolated. They're like, no, but my friend on the coast said that there's you know, a haven where the dragons never go and blah, or where the zombies <clears throat> never go. Or like, uh, that movie monsters we did, uh, where the monsters never go. Um, remember where he, he travels from the one camp to the other to see his girlfriend. And then, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think it was yeah, called yeah. monsters, yep. right? Um, love in the oh, time of yeah, monsters love and monsters. Like yeah, love and monsters. Yeah, good movie. I want to. I want to. Good movie. movie. Great movie. It was it a was really, really good, good movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, same sort of ideas. <laughs> Don't like, let my inability to remember the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we're on episode two hundred and thirty-five, thirty-four, thirty-four. So like, yeah. it's hard to remember all the movies we covered over four years. Yo, can I tell? Can I tell you guys a fun, like, cool fact Always. Though, about this movie? Please do. So the next scene is obviously like the the if you want if you want to tell them what the next scene is, Michael, feel free because I know you were really excited I, about it. But then I'll tell you something. Yeah, so I'm really excited about this scene because I thought it was really cute. So in the scene, all the kids are inside. This is after all the hell breaks loose and the things you know get burned up. The kids are all inside and they're in like this little theater thing, and we see it's Creedy and uh, Quinn, right, who were doing it. Yeah. So they're mm-hmm. acting out Empire Strikes Back for the kids but there's labeling yes. them the the black knight and the white knight um but they're acting out the scene where you know vader cuts off luke's hand and reveals that he is actually uh, his father spoilers sorry guys what i know well, i just oh ruined God. all of obi-wan uh for anyone who was only ever wow. only watching obi-wan and being like what's a star war um <laughs> but yeah <laughs> so I love this scene. I just think it's a really cute scene, but I think it also speaks to like, you know, Quinn as much as he's very jaded and, you know, almost nihilistic to a, to a point from this movie. You could tell that he's still kind of, he's very compassionate. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it's also just like great, 
like to see what they do to make kids yeah you know like the whole thing is like you know if this is a metaphor for climate change it's all about like what do we do for the kids right? right but here's my fun fact okay in that crowd is sitting uh what's his name jack uh jack gleason yes from game of thrones hey. and so at the and this is jumping the gun but after the 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 alpha male dragon uh torches the castle uh, they go they give him a close up and i just love the fact that this kid's career started with dragons and ended with dragons. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, because last thing he was Game of Thrones. Because he's yeah. retired. He's done. Yeah, he's done now. And he also, he's the little kid in Batman Begins. So he gets another yeah, chance to gets uh, another bail. be alongside uh, Christian yeah. Bale. Another, ba- another bail. Three years later. Wow, that was it's, only three years after this? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, 2005. Nice. Man. Right? Like, it is so strange to think how long ago Batman Begins was. And it, he did The Machinist in between, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah. And w- when was American yeah. Psycho? That had to have been somewhere around this time too, right? I want to say American Psycho was like 1999. Uh, 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very close. Yeah, oh, yeah so yeah. it was like American Psycho, this, Machinist, Batman, Batman, Batman. <laughs> like, back yeah. to it. Like, damn, Christian Bale, for a moment there, was just like, he was fucking everywhere. He was. On top of the world. Yeah. Oh, that is wild. Good when Lord. was The Prestige? That had to have been um, sometime. 2006. Right? Oh, and did it Equilibrium was, so, 2002 as well? Yeah, because he was yeah, Batman Begins, The Prestige, 310 to Yuma, The Dark Knight, Terminator Salvation, Public Enemy, like boom, yeah. boom, 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 like just hit after hit. Like he was. Uh, well, like, I, well, I wouldn't call Public Enemy. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Terminator. I, did, I forgot he was in that. I enjoyed that movie. I, I don't remember if it was a hit or not. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was a. Uh, it was okay. Yeah. It uh, okay. okay. Christian Bale is always phenomenal. Whatever he does, oh, there also yeah. might be right. some some uh, twist of perception because that was one of the first movies I watched with now my wife. Ah, yeah. So it has sentimental. Fair value. enough. Yeah. yeah. Fair yeah. enough. That, <laughs> I just think yeah. that's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in, in you know once we get established of like what this this uh, sort of community is like. In roles Van Zant, you know, we get Matthew McConaughey as the, you know, you're jumping the gun. Am again. I jumping the gun again? Well, I mean, this is the that's the big <laughs> thing. Sure, we is. gotta we gotta talk about what happened with Eddie though. Oh right, yeah. Eddie and his family leave, and they go to the harvest, and they get everything. The dragons come. The dragon comes, it just fucks up the entire harvest. But they come and save him with that with that flame suit. Yeah. Oh my god. That was so uh, badass because you hear like the cool whistles, scene, yeah, and then yeah. like out of the smoke because the the trucks just spraying water, and you got the guys in the like yeah. head to toe flame suits. I just the, the, ah. there's a really great there's two really great. I mean, it happens kind of twice, but there's a really great scene in that where you see them running and they're looking back at the flames and they're just like no, no, yeah. and then it's just like dragon comes out of the flames and just goes chomp and chomps them up. But that happens again like a few seconds yeah. later. That same sort of scene where they're looking back and then yeah. the dragon just comes flying through it at them i thought that was really cool but it's also great because it sets up what a dragon can yes do. Mm-hmm. you know like before this they've been kind of in the background like yeah they took over the world we don't know what they can do but now we get to see the first like how hard like difficult it is to fight a dragon i also like the the 
the way that they explain like how how does a dragon breathe fire <clears throat> and yeah. they do it like based on like actual like real world biology uh like a two different chemicals that they secrete that when they combine create this flame uh which mm-hmm. uh a, another fun little connection to another one of my favorite franchises uh is essentially the same mechanics as the bombardier beetle uh which is blown up to massive proportions in starship troopers oh yeah. Oh, I love that movie. Oh, right. That's very uh that's very that's an interesting connection. Yeah, I, I do agree. I like that. I mean, I know we've seen similar, you know, like the the how the dragons make fire. We've seen that a few other times before. I don't know if it's been after this, like I couldn't timeline it, but I know I've seen that sort of explanation before. And I love that. I think that's a really here. cool. It was, I was here. here. This is must have been the only yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, is, this <laughs> yeah. was it. This was it because this this inspired a bunch of people to do it. Actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's probably what it is. Then, like, yeah, the dragons and the dragons and Reign of Fire directly inspired the dragon in Harry Potter and Game of Thrones. Yeah, I believe that. that's awesome. So the technology they used to make the dragons in this is the same one they used for Game of Thrones. Yeah. But now, is there somebody somewhere being like, um, actually, they're not dragons, they're wyverns, because blah, 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 <laughs> yeah, like, I'm yeah, sure yeah, probably yeah, there is. Yeah, there. Uh, you know what? They're still fictional beasts. That's, so that's it's like you can, It's like, there was no, I hate to break it to that guy, but there's no dragons. I, like, it's a dra- right. A dragon's a dragon. That's, that's what always got me about that is like when somebody corrects that sort of thing. I'm like, dude, we made that up. Like that, we made that mm-hmm. up. We, we, made, we call made it whatever up. the hell we want to call it. It's literally made up. It's not real. Yep. <laughs> like I could call yeah. it a dragon all day long. I don't care how many legs or wings Dra- it has. Why, dragon sounds better than wine. Yeah. You? And this is listen, listen. I'm a huge fan of Monster Hunter. Like, yeah. It's a video game that I've been playing my whole life. Like whatever, man. The elder dragons and the wyverns—they're still dragons. right. They're all just whatever. dragons. It, it is what it is. Also, it is dragon. The 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 Wikipedia article literally starts a a wyvern is a legendary dragon that has two legs. Yeah. So a wyvern is a type of dragon. So they're dragons. So it's kind of like calling them calling yeah, yeah. like any lizard a reptile or a lizard for that matter. Being like, oh, it's a lizard, mm-hmm. but it's a salamander. It's an iguana. It's a chameleon. They're all lizards. Right, but isn't, isn't there like aren't, aren't dragons without wings called worms? Uh, I believe you're yeah, correct. With a Y. With a yeah, like W Y R M. Yeah, with a Y. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but they're still uh, a dragon, though, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. A huge limbless even... and wingless dragon or dragon like creature. Yeah. So, yeah. It is, it is, it's a yeah. worm. So, basically, they're all dragons. They're just, there are subsects, different types of yeah, dragons. Same, yeah. Yeah. So, anytime somebody corrects me, like, uh, sorry, I was talking uh, genus. You're talking species. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. way to be. Way to be speechless, <laughs> right? <laughs> like I don't mean to sound pedantic, but uh, this is genus phylum but I do species. Mean to... uh, but I do mean to sound pedantic. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, also another uh, interesting thing is all of the dragons have holes in their wings, which I thought was kind of cool. I thought it was like kind of cool visually, but also I was like, but why do they all have holes in their wings? Very ragged looking. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I would assume it's, you know from battles and of with humans. I'm assuming because like humans did try their best. I mean, they you could still shoot. Yeah, them. but and you know they react to it. I'm sure the 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 wing is the most sensitive part of the body. Yeah. Um, am I? You know, am I making this up or isn't there a point where we see that like they they turn on each other? They basically go cannibalistic because they're starving. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, the, well, it's at the end. The the male dragon eats one of the female. Yeah. Yeah. So it's entirely possible that a lot of it is from 
infighting yeah. as well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's got to be fighting in between dragons. Right. Well, I mean, you know, even Bale says in the very beginning of the movie, you know, uh, you know, the dragons came, you know, for a long time, the humans threw every, you know, we threw everything we could at them, even scorching, them. yeah, even scorching our own uh, world uh, just to try to destroy them, you know. So, yeah, I'm sure it's probably from militaries, worldwide <laughs> militaries shooting at them, but then they just, you know bring them down so uh yeah yeah oh dragon wings it's kind of like bat wings you know it's very fleshy so i'm sure that's mm -hmm. it, like i think about like that's like the you know like if you had holes in between your fingers like ah, uh, ah, stop it. <laughs> that's it's the same thing you know <laughs> it like, is that's, You're that's right. how it would be that's gross poor dragon i remember the first time i saw like the, the comparison of like a bat or another like flying creature like that with its skeleton and realizing and it's just giant just fingers. giant fingers like, oh. yeah with little webbies <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah so so we get our battle so again we we, we can we get to we get to van zant right Let's, Let's get, get to Van Zandt, baby. So Let's here comes rolling in this tank and this helicopter, you know, tanks and helicopters and this whole military crew and out steps Matthew McConaughey as our Van Zandt. And right, he, right, right. I mean, you know, this is shaved head, you know, beard, uh, covered in dirt, you know, cigar in the corner. Cigar stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and like, you know. Constantly grunting and growling. Yeah. <laughs> Tribal tattoos up his arm when he's just like this, you know, chiseled dude. I mean, you know, he's Matthew McConaughey, so in general, he's always just, a chiseled I, dude. I feel like it's just like the penultimate, like, like gets out of a, a tank, like American soldier in an action movie, just like, I'm yeah, here, motherfuckers. Um, and he just you know, <laughs> kick, kicks down the proverbial door and be like, all right, bitches, uh, let's do this. <laughs> America is here is, yeah, is yeah, basically yeah, yeah. what that's. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's funny because like the next line is like, like there's nothing worse than Americans. Yeah. I'm like in a world full of dragons that burn everything. That's, what <laughs> that's very good. I mean. Probably Gerard Butler's best line in the movie yeah. though. <laughs> He's yeah, not yeah, wrong. Yeah. Uh, they do. Uh, you know, The only thing worse than dragons are Americans. <laughs> Oh, uh, you know what is the what is that line from the uh, from Three Hundred? He was like, "Oh, uh, the Thebians or something." Uh, they they do they made a mess of things. They do their part, you know. Like that's how I feel. The Americans showing up, they're like, eh, you made a mess of things. You did your part." Uh, yeah. So Van Zant rolls in. I mean, he you know he obviously there's a moment there's that standoff between him and Quinn, and Quinn was like get the fuck out of here. Like, no, <laughs> you're not rolling up here with all yeah, this yeah. noise and tanks and helicopters. Like you're going to bring them to us. And he's like, yeah, we yeah, just yeah. want to, we just want to chill for a night. We're going to Airbnb it for a night. Yeah. And then we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like, we flew here. And he's like, impossible. Yeah. He's like, no, that's their territory. It's like, no, that's our territory. They rented. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I love that uh, line. I, you know, as much as like they paint, uh, Van Zant to be kind of an antagonist, he's he's not like there is i mean there's just no, like that not. fighting between him and quinn and he seems like this arrogant like he's just he's just got the Amer he's got american arrogance he does that's all yeah that's yeah all but, but i mean he kind of he yeah. he we're all right. like that he, <laughs> we're we're doing a podcast right now that's american <laughs> this is a hundred percent that anyone's gonna I was like listen to us talk about this movie. <laughs> right. if there were dragons and i had access to a tank i'd roll up like that too let's I mean, be real. right 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 you would have to <laughs> I would grunt and growl the whole time, yeah, too. Yeah. I mean, if I looked like Matthew McConaughey, yeah, ever, I would, too, because you would get away with it. 
I honestly yeah, think the alternative yeah. is just like whimpering in a corner. So like, right, one or the other. Pick a lane yeah. and go with it. Right. <laughs> you would think that Matthew McConaughey has a breathing issue with how he like he just walks around. Yeah. Like, hey. <laughs> 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 All right. Probably does. Oh. Uh, all right, all right, all right. So here's where we learn a little bit about what the what this troop of American soldiers have been doing, and basically they've been going around and just hunting dragons, and they've uh, essentially figured out a way to take down dragons, right? You know, we see the mm. you know the scene where Van Zand pulls up his necklace, and he's like. Have you ever, you know, killed a, a dragon? Like, here's the dragon, you know, here's the dragon's tooth. Like, let me tell you how we do it. And he talks about the angels, yeah. the people that jump out of the helicopter and, you know, uh, net them. The bullet men. Yeah. And they're like, it's, you know, again, w- you know, from, from Quinn's point of view, he's like, this is a terrible, like, you guys are going to cause trouble. I don't want to disrupt. You know, we kind of get that moment earlier when Quinn was telling the family not to leave. It's that like, no, like we have to stay here. We have to hunker down, just survive what we're doing right now. You know, like he never wants to do anything. Like he's never wanting to get bigger, find a better solution, nothing. He's just like, no, just stay where we are. Nothing changes. Everything's good. And then Van Zandt rolls in. It's their whole prayer, right? Like dig deep. Yeah, dig Mm -hmm. deep. Two eyes to the sky when you're awake, one eye when you're sleeping. Yeah, so, you know, but then Van Zant comes in and just, you know, completely uproots that, and obviously we get that same, that sort of tension as we normally do in, in these scenarios. Um, but yeah, so Van Zant, right, rolls in with his with his crew. He's like, you know, look, all we want to do is stay the night, and eventually, you know, begrudgingly, Quinn agrees, but he even says to Creedy, you know, Creedy makes a statement of, like, uh, Creedy played by uh, Gerard Butler, and he's like, you know, he's like, Creedy, get two men to guard the, you know, the area where that, and he was yeah. like, what, what, like, you're the one who let him in. He's like, it, but it doesn't mean I yeah. trust him. Um, like great line. Yeah. So, um, I like mm-hmm. that he, uh, uh, that he does that, you know, that he's like, look, like, yes, I let them in because I'm compassionate, but that does not mean I'm just going to let them have free reign to our, uh, little world here. Yeah. Good plug there. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he said the thing. It's a rain. <laughs> but then we have our first dragon fight, baby. Dragon. Oh, yes. Oh. So finally, we we get a dragon. We get to see what what Van Zandt's crew does. Uh, to which, yeah. I mean, you know, we we get the line of about the angels. So the angels are the ones that they jump out of the helicopter. Yeah, we get to see how bad they are. They're at their fucking. Job. T- oh my but God. I mean, we we get told that they're bad at their or that their job is basically suicide, you know, kamikaze style. Because they're like, you know, how you know, she's like seventeen seconds, and he's like, what the fuck, what? And he's like, that's how long a, an angel is expected to live because they basically jump out of a helicopter at a dragon, shoot a net, and hope to parachute. <laughs> it's equal parts. Yeah. Completely badass and staggeringly stupid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's got to be a better. There way. has, there to, has be to be a better be way. Because I mean, like, even if even if they miss and still shoot their parachute, they're just floating snacks at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, just right. stay in the helicopter, <laughs> right? right? Like, yeah. Why? Like, there's got to be a better way to shoot those. Yeah, snacks. I. It's just yeah. It seems like a just a. I mean. It's fun and action-packed to watch, 
and like badass to yeah. be like, oh yeah, you know, when the one doesn't, he's flying, and then he's like, Phew, when he turns around, he's like, pow, and then he like dives more and yeah. then he shoots his parachute. But the other guy, you know, shoots his thing and then it's like, oh, he got free of the nets. Ah, uh, I'm dead. I just fell to my death. And then the other one's like, gets chomped <laughs> yeah. up. The use of that like 3D imaging triangulation method to show the first guy, the one who's basically the bait, to, to show him hitting Whop. the ground yeah. uh, was uh, was clever and also still somehow very devastating to watch. Because yeah. you, yeah, yeah. you see the clouds so like break thump, and, the, and then you see critical. Yeah. <laughs> the ground is like 100 feet away when the clouds break. Yep. And then next thing you see is just the green dot. Do, 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 boom. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I felt that Whoa. <laughs> yeah also a name that's just burned in my memory now is piscatello <laughs> piscatello you better get that up <laughs> oh boy that's number three that's you, you piscatello that you better get that vertical up piscatello <laughs> <laughs> so uh, eventually van zan and his crew does take down a dragon uh take down this dragon that is there you know and it's a big deal it you know well yeah. hold on hold on hold on to be fair, it's Quinn that gets to take it right, down. Right, yeah, because yeah. Quinn... Uh, the, the the helicopter doesn't do shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the, yeah, the helicopter, the whole helicopter crew and the, and the angels are supposed to fire the nets. They get the nets on the dragon, but the dragon ends up breaking free. The one parachuter makes it and flies away. One gets eaten by a dragon. The other smashes, you know, into the ground. Uh, but the triangulation thing had fallen over. So Quinn rides his horse out fixes it and then van zant's like you got to be the bait like bring them right to me you know get on your horse barrel down at me and i'll take it down no he says he says 1600 or, uh, 1600 pounds of horse flesh right right towards <laughs> me baby <laughs> mcconaughey's lines in this movie are absurd they're just, like, but they're wonderful. The best absurd. kind of absurd. Yeah. So, so Quinn hops on his horse, you know, hauls ass towards Van Zant, who is just sitting there, you know, uh, uh, chief, you know, a uh, chief style. I forgot, as a chief Brody style with his gun, like smile, you son of a bitch. No. And it, just <laughs> as he gets over the thing, he shoots the thing, and you know, Quinn ducks out of the way, and kabla, dragon dies, barrels down, falls over, and then Which, dead dragon. Yeah. Can you imagine the reflexes Which, required to like you're like riding as fast as you can to get away from a goddamn dragon, and meanwhile there's a harpoon coming at your face, right? <laughs> Still being able to dodge that. I will say, theoretically, if the nets had worked, then the dragon would have crashed to earth and broken itself the same way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Either way, so it's a good yeah. plan, and theoretically, it's, it's a good plan. Yeah, just very, very poor execution. Right, just very sloppy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but a good plan nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> so dragon number one goes down, uh, you know, and, and this is, you know, this is the moment where we see Quinn with his big old axe and he just, whoof, or not Quinn, uh, Van Zant, you know, axes the thing, gets another tooth seemingly, you know, and, uh, and yeah. then it's party. And then, the, and then we cut to the Jimmy, the Jimmy Hendrix, uh, uh, <laughs> party. I, oh my God. But that, that's another one of those. I was like, but why are you doing, like, you have lights flashing in the sky, like, tons of loud music. Like, aren't you just begging for another dragon to come at you? Like, you're basically just signaling, yeah. like, there's a buffet over well, here. That, well, that's why, well, that's why Van Sant got so angry. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, at first, it just seems like he's, like, just kind of shitting on their fun. But then you realize, like, no, like, this is a really bad idea. It's a terrible like, idea. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you want to have a loud celebration, you have a whole bunch of underground to do it in. Yeah. Like, obviously, yeah, don't light yeah. the fire. Yeah, but, I mean, that's just kind of smart. Like, don't light the giant fire above ground or underground. Right. Did mm. they learn nothing from The Matrix 2 where they have their underground yeah. parties? Oh, no. Oh, we're not talking about The Matrix 2 here. <laughs> or 3 or 4. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, you know, he says, he says, oh, yeah, you know, uh, one dragon down, but you know, five dead or something. He's like, yeah, good, good ratio. Like, blah, blah, you know, and that's where he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Everybody's like, you know, sheepishly being like, oh, yep. And, uh, oh, to be fair, Quinn, Quinn's not partying. He's just like, that was, yeah. Cool. <laughs> everybody else. But Quinn should have shut that shit down. Yeah. He should have. He should have. He's a leader. Well, he should have shut that I mean, that it feels like right that away. wouldn't have been a thing he would have been for no matter what. Like, he's not that. You know, like he's uh, very the, much that like, no, stay low, be quiet guy. Yeah. Part of it is like everyone was excited and he's like, I don't want to trample their excitement. Yeah. yeah I think it's, it's much that. A lot more people are going to die if more dragons show up. Yeah. But they did say something about like, oh, the smell of the dead dragons keeps the dragons away. Or yeah. Something like that, but, yeah. Because yeah, it's him um, and uh, Jared, his adopted son. Yeah. How he would know that, I don't know, unless it's just like a common knowledge. That I plan to explore in the movie. Yeah, TV I mean, show. I would assume yes. after twelve years, maybe <laughs> they will. You know, they they. I'm sure that they learn that lesson. But yeah, but it doesn't. Right. Does it work though? It doesn't necessarily work because. Well, it doesn't keep the uh, the big right because eventually, yeah, because <laughs> the next dragon we see uh, is the big guy, right? So. The big old yeah, guy, yeah. The male who comes in and just because Van Sant's like, I'm gonna go. I need. Well, first of all, he's like, I need soldiers. He was like, come, and he was like trying to recruit people, and then, then uh, Quinn and Van Sant have that that fight where Van Sant just, just completely fucking beats destroys the shit them. out mm-hmm. of them. Just destroys yeah. them. And then, and then Christian Bale has, or Quinn has the nerve to get up and be like, I'll kill you. I'm like, bro, you're, you're losing. Like, that was bro, not, you're like, losing. if, if uh, Van Sant's own men didn't pull him off of him, you would have been quite dead. Yeah, he would have yeah. been dead. He would have been dead. He would have been like a splat on the ground. And Alex and even says, like, he, he would have killed like, you. He's, uh, yeah, she says yeah. something to the effect of, like, he doesn't have emotions uh, like us, like he he would have. The killed. only way he can do yeah, this. the only way he yeah. can do this, like he would have killed you, uh, which I think is pretty interesting. We we do get a moment a little later where we learn about Jared, um, and he's talking to Alex, who is the helicopter pilot, um, right? She's the helicopter pilot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, we learned that at one point in uh, Quinn's journeys, uh, he which <sighs> timing wise is really confusing, right? Because it's only been 12 years mm-hmm. since the mines right. to now. The kid right. that he picks up, he picks him up at three, but he's got to be yeah. like 16 right now. Because he's he's an older kid. I mean, he's got to be like 16, 17, 18. So like... He seems like it, time, yeah. That doesn't time out right because he picked him up as a three-year-old baby but he himself 12 years ago was like 12. <laughs> so, but yeah, I don't, and like, it doesn't really line up. I mean, I guess it would be, fi- it would be, it would be fi- like, let's assume he gets him year one. As, so he picks him up as a 12 year old, uh, this 12 year old, you know, Quinn as a 12 year old no, no, picks no, up I'm a three year old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so now it's 12 years later, he's 15, he's 24. I guess that. I mean, it could be the mm-hmm. case. It kind of doesn't. We're not really sure. Uh, we also don't know if Quinn's twelve when it happened. But I mean, we we have no idea how old he is. We just know he's a, he's a youth. He's around. Yeah, but I mean, 
he's around i mean he's no he's not older than like 14 you know like he's got to be somewhere yeah, between 12 and 14 because he's a kid kid you know yeah. maybe that's why the trailer had so much problems with the time right because they were like no quinn is definitely like 40 how are they like i mean like look at his face he's definitely four years <laughs> The trailer yeah. company's cutting it, being like 2020. Well, that can't be a that can't be right. That Christian must have been Bell, a typo. Yeah, yeah. Christian Bale's ratty beard really ages him. Yeah. Right. I mean, in all fairness, <laughs> I probably would look uh, much much older than I do if I lived in a world filled with dragons constantly trying to kill me. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> and only I mean, eating like tomatoes. Even I look significantly younger if I shave my beard, and mine is you know reasonably full. Yeah. Uh, his just is like. It's just like it. It looks like he. It looks like they. Glued he it looks on. like a man who survived twelve years of a dragon. Apocalypse. This is true. <laughs> That's true. It's That's basically true. what I'm getting. Quinn's at. like, I'm actually eighteen. Uh, <laughs> just this is a hard ass life, guys. You don't understand. <laughs> like, do you see what I'm eating? Tomatoes covered in blood of my friends. So this is my diet. Uh, which is interesting. You you had mentioned this earlier, Micah, but uh, yeah, Matthew or, uh, Christian Bale had wanted to play like an emaciated, you know, skinny character, yeah. but then Matthew McConaughey showed up and he's like, motherfucker. And he just, uh, uh, <laughs> just started taking <laughs> his shirt off. Like, Fine. Fine, I'll work out. Yeah. Ma- uh, Matthew McConaughey, uh, who insisted on being referred to as Van Zan, even out of character, like, you know, yeah. you yeah. run into him on the streets of Dublin, you call him Van Zan. No. <laughs> That's so fucking weird. But I, I wonder if he would just grunt at you. Yeah. Uh, soldier. I, I don't know. Uh, and whatever he pulls it off, um, uh, yeah. So let's let's jump to the big battle, okay? So so here's the big battle. The the male dragon rolls up onto this castle, and just, I mean, like it is. Well, well, you, you, for Van Sant goes oh, out. Oh right, yeah, mm-hmm. to London, yep. and then in one pass, the the big old dragon destroys everybody. Yeah, his entire army. I which is just gone. insane. Just yeah, down. Also, the line. I I really don't. The one of the one of the shots that I I, I will admit I'm like why is Vincent trying to shoot this dragon with a shotgun right yeah. from like this far huge away. like <laughs> the size of a castle dragon that he's just like ah. it's it reminds me of that scene yeah. of the Wandering ah. Earth where the uh, when yes. the Earth uh, when <laughs> Jupiter is crashing and the guy's gun. shooting a Gatling gun at the planet thinking it's going to do anything to the planet like. That is the second best scene in sci-fi history that, after the Adama maneuver. That movie is very absurd. <laughs> that scene definitely is like, he is shooting a gun at a whole ass planet that's about to crash into you. And he's just like, yeah, this is going to do something. It doesn't, but it's just funny that he's doing it. Firing a Gatling gun right, right, at right. Jupiter. When faced with such odds, yeah. you're like, what can you do other than shoot? Right, like- right. That also reminds me of that that uh, like throwaway line in Independence Day when it's like, uh, you know, when the government is reminding uh, Los Angeles residents to not fire their weapons at the space, <laughs> at the alien ships, <laughs> as it may trigger an interdimensional war. <laughs> I mean, I guarantee that would happen here in St. Louis. Right, people, people like, will be shooting. Go, 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 go. That'd be great. I mean, they did it in um, Don't Look Up, yep. too, where Ron Perlman yep. was shooting at yep. the asteroid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's not, it just actually just feels like a very human reaction now. I take it all yeah. back. Yep. <laughs> all right. All back. Yeah. I'm like, Matthew McConaughey, go ahead, shoot it I at mean, Greg. None of this is rational. I mean, we'll, it's, it is very human. We'll get to his big scene, his his big, you know, climax. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, anyway, so yeah, so when he comes back. Yeah. Uh, like the sorry no so 
uh, the dragon backtracks and follows it back to the castle. And then that's when the whole, like, craziness happens where the dragon's just, like, rains fire yeah. down on to the castle and destroys it. I, I just, that scene where the, the dragon just, like, wraps itself around the castle and just down the barrel is just, like... Straight down. <laughs> just oh like, God. oh, jeez, that is Which, yeah. rough. R.I.P. to a very underappreciated character in this film, which is A.J., the, the communications guy, and played by none other than Alexander Siddig, uh, Julian Bashir, uh, who... Mm. Uh, doesn't ever get to wear it, but has probably the best piece of wardrobe in the entire film. Because if you look draped over the chair behind him is this like rhinestone sequiny, like fabulous jacket or shirt or something that like feels very, very on brand for Alexander Siddig. And I wish they put him on it, put it on him once. Oh, he's actually in um, that actor is in one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, Kingdom of Heaven. Oh, yeah. Oh, yep, yeah. yep, yep. He's so good at yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's, I, just, I, I love him as an actor. I mean, yeah. I, I loved his, his bumbling performance as, uh, as Bashir as a kid. He just, he's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the, so the dragon, you know, uh, luckily most of the uh, original people actually made it out. They, they get down to an area and we lose, uh, we lose uh, Jared or is it Creedy? We lose Creedy. No, yeah, Creed, yeah, because Creed. Creedy's like Quinn, you stay. I'll go back up. Yeah. yeah, he's like, there's 65 more people up there, and so he goes up, and it's, he doesn't even make it to the the, the first step, flight. Of yeah, <laughs> they just turns around. No. He's like, oh it's no. Just like, oh. Yeah, and then the flames <laughs> seal the door shut, like Rip. slam the door shut. Creedy gets burned up, and then eventually, uh, they the door gets opened up with uh, um, Van Zant and Alex, who are at the door, and they're like, yeah. hey. This is what happened, and this is where they concoct the plan where Quinn, Alex, and Van Zant are gonna go and kill this male dragon, the big dragon. Like I know, I know where it lives. <laughs> yeah. Like the moment that Van Zant's just like, you were right. Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, that was a good moment too, because there's like a pause, right? There's a pause. He opens the gate and he looks at him. There's this like beautiful pause on mm -hmm. Matthew McConaughey's face where he didn't even have to say right. it. Right. He didn't have to say it at all. Uh, that he didn't have to say it was like his face just like yeah right mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. it's a mm -hmm. yeah it's one of those like unspoken yeah moments it was it was pretty good it's one of those yeah it's one of those moments you remember that Matthew McConaughey is an actor yeah yes like he's phenomenal like he's not just some beefcake from the early two thousands <laughs> he is both uh, yes. yeah. and it's that is what we call range uh, <laughs> <laughs> range of fire ah, ah. got it. <laughs> so uh off they go back to uh the scene of the beginning of the movie right we're going back to the tunnels to which uh quinn's yeah. mom uh you know was in charge yeah. of we go back to that same elevator Perfectly shaft bookended yeah. exactly the opening of the movie is right back at the end. and what's great about this is it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like uh, it was pushed really hard where you're like, yeah, yeah, you're going to go back to like it, when you get to the end, you're like, oh, because this is where they just I get it. Like it feels mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it feels like a good reveal and natural. It doesn't feel like very forced or like too obvious. It's very like, yes, this is exactly where it should be. Yeah, yeah. it's a great moment. Um, yeah. So admittedly, yeah. I absolutely love this movie. Yeah. Right? Yes. One of, my yes. Favorite yeah. of course. Until the until the last ten minutes of this movie. Okay. Okay. I think All the right. last ten minutes of this movie falls apart so fast. Okay. Um, which actually, you know what? 
I, I've always said this for years, but I watched it again yesterday. And I didn't, I didn't hate the ending as much as I used to, but I still hate what Van Sant does. Ah, yeah. True. True. I, it's, that's, I, I, I realize that that's the only part that I, that like, I, after seeing this movie so many times, that's the part that really ruins the movie for me. But then the ending still works now. Like it still works. I used to be one of those people who was like, well, the last 10 minutes suck. Just forgive it. Like, but it's just that one part mm-hmm. where they're fighting the alpha dragon and Matthew McConaughey is shooting, shooting it up from the, the, up the tower and he runs out of ammo and, um, and he just, he just jumps off the thing at the dragon. It, I mean, it's, and, it's badass looking right up until the second that the dragon just chomps him. Where's the line between badass and stupid? Well, it, <laughs> I mean, it is the moment we've already proven with the archangels. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a very real. fine it's, line. <laughs> yeah. It, 17 seconds. It's it's a very confusing <laughs> scene for a couple of reasons. Because one, it's done in this, you know, uh, action hero slow motion. Like, oh my God, he's going to hit the dragon's face or land on the dragon and like bring it down. And then Quinn's going to kill it. Like you think that it's going to go this very cool action way. But then he's just like, Rah! and then the dragon just like chomp anyways. <laughs> da, 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 and you're just like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> And thus ends the story of Denton Van Zandt. Thus ends the legend of Denton Van Zandt. But it also, like, what was the purpose of it? Was it just like a last-ditch effort? Because it wasn't like a, oh, this is going to send him to this area where Quinn is going to kill him. It's just... My girlfriend has a theory. My girlfriend has a theory that it was a studio note. Okay. that Or like a McConaughey, like, like, he needs to do something big. Yeah, they're like the studio was like we need McConaughey to do something really bad. Yeah, and and they're like, all right, fine. And the writers are Maybe like, he sure. Died in a very different way, but that 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 fucking scene, yeah. man, <laughs> is like the one thing that like consistently gives me nightmares. As a I mean, Van Zant um, has to die, right? Does he? he I mean, I, hold on. You're right. You're right because a man that's forged in fire the way he is will not last in peace. Right. Like because this is it. This is him fulfilling his destiny. He has to die. Right. But you can argue that like he he didn't know that he didn't know that right. jumping off that tower is like they're gonna do it. They got it. Right. Because <laughs> I could end it all here, even though Alex at the end says like he always knew you could do it. I'm like, listen. In no way did we that. get that idea. I mean, maybe not. No, I, I very much doubt that that conversation yeah. ever happened. I, the only time maybe is like <laughs> as they're driving back after their whole team gets decimated. He's like, yeah. So uh, that, that Quinn that guy, Quinn guy he, he's got it. I think. <laughs> uh, I think he's got something. <laughs> Alex just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that kid's got Max. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, he has absolutely no reason to believe that Quinn actually will like pull this off if he just does like the stupid quote unquote heroic thing and get himself killed for no goddamn reason. Right. No reason. Yeah. I don't like, it would be a different story if like, you know, you know, I don't know, like the ax hits the dragon's eye right. and it blinds him for a little bit. So it slows him down. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. He just gets chomped and he's out of there. Yeah. It is a completely meaningless death. It's very and, almost anticlimactic. Yeah. Like it's a build up to like a, just a, 
uh, chomp, and then just, oh, he's done now. Move on right. to Quinn. Yeah, I thought maybe he would, like, throw the axe down his throat or, like, you know, hit him in the forehead, pull him Something. down, and just, then, yeah. you know. Slow it down in some yeah. way. But, again, I, I I still hold that Van Zandt has to die. You know, maybe this is he the does, way, but I But just, the way yeah. he died is just so... Yeah, it is. I, I don't even know that I that I feel that like he... it actually brings the movie down, <laughs> because I argue that this movie is really like one of the a super tight, really great action movie. Mm-hmm. Like could have been like the new Terminator. It could have it could have it could have spawned a franchise. Mm-hmm. But that one moment of Van Sant jumping off that tower destroyed the whole movie's credibility. Interesting. And I don't I don't even know that I think that he had to die. I think he, he, in some way, had to maybe like be pushed out of the spotlight if you want to establish that like Quinn is going to like close the circle. Like he's yeah. the one that discovered yeah. the dragon. He's the one that's going to kill it. Sure, yeah. but like you roll the dice, like pick any random hero movie, and you'll see an example of someone who like had like had to be pushed out of the way for someone else to to right. be the hero. Right. But that doesn't mean that that character had to die or but have such a pointless death. Yeah. It, it did seem odd, but but Quinn finally gets his moment, you know, and we see a couple of scenes of him having flashbacks of the dragon, you know, chasing him and killing his mom in in the uh, in the shaft, and you know at this point, you know, the dragon's down on the ground. They have this like really, I love the scene where the dragon's like, you know, walking and stalking him around the corner, and we see the seat, you know, we see from the dragon's perspective where Quinn starts to like bleed into the background because it's that twilight hour mm. and he can't focus very well. And then eventually we get that moment where the dragon goes to bite him. He shoots his little missile arrows into the dragon's mouth and kaboom, kablam. Dragon, you know, dragon's neck blows up and, and, uh, would have been amazing to see Van Sant Claus way out. Like, yeah. drag styles, like I've single-handedly like, destroyed yeah. the beast. Yeah. yeah. Imagine, though, like, Van Sant, like, he, he makes the jump, the dragon chomps him, but, like, maybe doesn't, like, chew him, just, like, swallows him whole, and he's like, all right, I can still get out of here. And he's like, he's got the axe or whatever, and he's trying to chop his way up, but then the 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 C4 explosive missile comes into the, the dragon's throat and, like, <laughs> just <kills> Damn, <laughs> and it just blows up. God damn it. Which Quinn. actually, if you think about it, it kind of makes Van Zandt's death a little bit more badass. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually Quinn that killed him, not the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I always knew he could do two it. Two for one. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, so, you know, the dragon ends, uh, or the dragon's dead, and now uh, we get a little bit of a flash forward. Uh, where, yeah, we get three months yeah, later. Yeah, where Quinn's like, uh, you know, Alex is there, and she's like, oh, do you think this is it? And he's like, ah, it's been yeah. three months since we've seen our last dragon. Um, you know, yeah. uh, maybe this is he it. loses his mom, but gets but a gets lover. a lover. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, she's the only other woman in this movie, so yeah. I mean, it kind of. No, no, no there's, there's other women because Creedy's with a woman. She's, she's the only one that has any like major there's part. Any major though. There lines. are a few like yeah. among the the survivors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, but... there's no like there's no like uh, supporting role. Right, right. Yeah. Like there's the, the the everyone's an extra basically. And so, but Creedy has a Creedy has a little girlfriend that he's reading oh, to. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. In one of those scenes where like they're running down the stairs and he's like, Creedy, we gotta go. He's like, I'll read to you later. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> but there's yeah. there's the woman that picks up the prayer for uh, for oh yeah, uh, yeah Quinn yeah, yeah. when he. When he stumbles, he can't. She was one of those characters that was just like standing next to everybody, but never really says Mm -hmm. anything until that end scene where she's like, "Uh, "When you're away, keep your eyes to the (laughs) sky." Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is pretty interesting. Um, Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, y'all got me thinking about a full-on Masters of the Universe style like end credit scene though of Vincent climbing out of the dragon, yeah. <laughs> like burned up but alive. Pacific Rim, where's my goddamn yes. shoe? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Ron Perlman, man. God, oh, every yo, I'm place. telling you, Vincent's alive. Somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's he's, he's alive. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would. That. But three months later, it's, it's, it's a big jump that he's got this giant. He's got even more scraggly beard. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they've 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 recovered either a satellite signal or I don't know Wi-Fi or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, then it, it they say like, oh, you know, uh, Jared rolls up on the horse and he's like, hey, there's you know a bunch of people here. They're they're French. Hey, fifteen year old kid who now leads yeah, everybody. Right. And he's like, they, they're speaking <laughs> French and they want to talk to the guy in charge. And he's like, well, that's you. That'd Go talk you. to him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, get me a bottle of wine yeah. or something. Like the the optimism is so like it's so right. So, it's oh, so but, good. but is that a little like uh, I don't, I don't know uh, stereotypical where he's like oh the French yeah even post apocalyptic dragon war French are still carrying around bottles yeah, of wine yeah. right that's that's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the, the great fields yeah. are fine, but right? is it wrong? <laughs> I mean he's probably not wrong, but I just think it's really funny. He's like I mean hey, they, I get some. There's probably a cellar full of like. Somewhere. somewhere yep to someone's <laughs> going if we have any french listeners like in france i want to know like would like would people in your community be protecting the vineyards at all costs in the you know in the midst of a dragon <laughs> well, it's, not just the, it's not just the vineyards and, and like whatever's bottled the cellars yep yep yeah, yeah. well and that's like it dig deep but like if, if they're taking shelter underground like they theoretically there's there's wine in the in the cellars mm. And, right, exactly. I mean, it's only been 12 years, so that wine's only gotten better. <laughs> right, at this yeah, point. Exactly. Yeah, it's only getting better at this point. So this movie actually didn't do well in the box office, though. Surprisingly, I feel like that is surprising. With, the, with the actors that are on this movie, you know, I mean, yes, this is still early-ish in Christian Bale's career, but Matthew McConaughey, it was not. Uh, no. Like he still he was very much a named you know person at this time. It's surprising that this movie didn't do as well as it did in the box office. I don't know if maybe this is just people weren't into action films, but uh, like, what, how did, what are your theories? How did people in summer of two thousand two not go nuts over a dragon movie? I guess well, were, I we, were we were we I say were we still I mean, I guess, like a little yeah. bit uh, taken aback I'm, about I'm things coming from the sky. Right now. I'm going on Rotten Tomatoes to see what people thought of it. Yeah, because, I mean, this is, what, eight months after 9-11 that this movie came out. Um, obviously, it was filmed before that. Uh, uh, but the budget was $60 million, uh, an estimated of $60 million. But opening weekend, it only did $15 million. It, it, Worldwide gross, it made its money back, but it, pro it seems like it probably took a while. Yeah. It made its money back, so that means we can do a sequel. That's, Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> 20 years later. Oh, wait, no. Well, Yeah. Well, yeah, 20 years later. yeah, you could do it twenty years later, and it would just be twenty forty instead of that. Now feels so, like the perfect time to bring this movie back. Yeah. So some of the some of the reviews are like, first of all, why do critics love puns so much? I know. Like one <laughs> one of them, People Magazine said, better than the trailers made it seem, but nothing to get fired up about. Uh, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, I don't care about Hartford Current. <laughs> I love puns, but I feel like in reviews, it's just kind of lazy. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony Quinn from Independent UK said, for all its silliness, Reign of Fire never bores and may actually appeal to your inner 12-year-old. Okay. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it appealed to mine. Yeah. I, I mean... I, Even though I 
was 20 when this movie came Yeah, I was going to say, we were... Christian, <laughs> Christian Science Monitor says... Here we go. Oh. McConaughey's soldier choose more scenery than even the toothiest of the dragon. Oh, Oh, geez. my God. I mean... That is, one, that's an old insult, and two... <laughs> it's probably not right. Now I... That makes me want to see McConaughey playing a character like this alongside Jeremy Iron and see who chews it more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would, I would love, I would love to see more of this world. I don't know, man. Yes, it'd be cool. I, I, I don't know if I did a TV show of this of this. I don't know if I would bring the main characters back in some way. Yeah, That'd be weird. I like. I don't know. Like I. Because I would recast all of them. I would recast mm-hmm. them in and like, you know, and um, I know who I want for, for, Van, Sant, for Van Sant, but um, if it ever gets to that point. <laughs> well, would you do it as a as a reboot of this exact story or would you just put it in the world and set it somewhere in another no, country? No, no, so I would start it at 2008. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so I would do two different timelines. I would do Child Quinn, Adult Quinn, Van Sant, and then a New York storyline where we meet Alex. Mm, okay. 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 So I would have three different storylines, and then season three is when we get to the movie. When they actually okay. all meet. I see. Yeah, I yeah. see. Where they all meet. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So my girlfriend and I have talked about this consistently because she's like, I love, like, I made her watch this movie, and she's like, I need more. I was like, yes. 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 No, this movie definitely, yes. it surprises me that this movie didn't even have a lower budget, like, knockoff sequel. I mean, we got a, there's a ton of dragon films out there, right? Yeah. But, like, yeah, yeah. it surprises me that this never got Reign of Fire 2 with a whole new cast, you know, like, right. sci-fi style. Right, right, like, right. it's it's very interesting. Yeah, it's because of that one moment that Van Sant dies. You you could Van maybe Sand, make a Van stretch Sand of... Van was, was the sequel. Yeah. 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 yeah, because he his journey as a dragon hunter across like the planet, bam. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sequel. Print money. Uh, you could yeah. maybe make the <laughs> the stretch argument that this did for dragons what like the shitty early like X Men and Spider Man films uh, did for superhero films, where it just right. it made people realize that it could be done even if it like wasn't a, a huge success. Right. 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 So I will say like. And throughout the movie, you get little hints of what they've gone through, right? Like, mm-hmm. you get Van Sant saying, you know, uh, that time where he first fought a dragon in Kansas. Yes! Uh, and in the mist where they, like, the dragon, like... the first I want to see like, that! Yeah. Right, you want to see that. And, like, even um, even Quinn has like, his own storyline where he's like, uh, like, Quinn and Creed are like, oh, Marauders, we haven't seen Marauders in forever. And then mm-hmm. they're like... And then and then he mentioned something else. He's like Americans. Like, remember what happened when last time when the Rogue Marines came? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like there's like, there's, there's a story. In all there. of the the towns like Pembury were like yeah. they they thought how that they were gonna Quinn escape London. And yeah. yeah. So he knew Quinn knew how to get back. Easy. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that means that's where he escaped from. Yeah. Yeah. So he knew that. So like how and he it also insinuates that Quinn was living underground in London, surviving. Yep. Yes. Yep. Well, because that's where he says he eventually picks up uh, Jared. He's like, yeah, we were making our way out of London and, you know. There's so much story Jared was trying to wake up his mom who had been dead for days. It's all there. Yeah. It's all there. It's all ready to be taken in. Like, even if it's a movie, I'll do a movie. I don't care. Like, But that's my dream project. If I ever get the chance to be like, if I ever make a movie that's like, does super well in the box office. And they're like, what do you want to do next? I was like, rain of fucking fire, baby. Let's (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) 
Yes. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, uh, Micah, thank you so much for joining us for this uh, episode. We super yes. appreciate it. We're glad that we could bring you back for something as delightful of, as this and not take a chance on something that would turn out bad. So, Micah, where, really where on the world can uh, people find you if they are so apt to do so? Uh, you can check out my website, MicahOzomCon.com. Um, uh, you can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Instagram at Micah Osmcon. Uh, find me. Uh, <laughs> let's chat. Let's talk about Rain of Fire. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Yeah, all of those links are down below in the show notes. So definitely uh, check those out. Uh, check Mike out. Again, you know, as he mentioned earlier in the uh, in the show, great interviews. Uh, the the uh, Villeneuve um, one uh, was great. Uh, did, uh, didn't Thank that you. was such a great interview. Like, he's yeah. such a weirdo and I love hearing him talk about how he makes <laughs> movies and it's great. Yeah. You know, it's great getting him to open up. Like, you know, it's one of the best compliments I've gotten on one of my interviews is that when uh, someone said, once the filmmaker realizes how much, you know, their work, they really start to open up and tell you exactly how they make it. And I'm like, that's a great compliment was, but I'm, I am genuinely just curious about how people make movies. Yeah. And, and with filmmakers like Villeneuve and, you know, one of my favorite filmmakers is Joe Wright, which is one of my favorite interviews I've done, but nobody's watched it because nobody really knows who Joe Wright is unless you're like in England. Yeah. Um, but the best filmmakers always have intention behind what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think Vil- Villeneuve is one of those people who just like you like I was. Just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I might make a video essay about it, but I was just just watching Arrival again. Uh, I don't think I saw Arrival, but um, there's that damn bird in Arrival. <laughs> yeah. And nobody talks about the bird, but uh, what I found out, I looked it up later, is that the bird is there to measure oxygen levels for humans. Mm-hmm. So if the 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 bird starts to decline in health, it it um the humans have enough time to take action, right? But that becomes a that becomes a a, a metaphor for the entire movie mm-hmm. because um as as um Amy Adams's character uh is learning the language of the the heptapods. You can you always hear the bird in the background because she's starting to lose her touch to reality the the way we know it the same way the bird would if it was dying. Mm-hmm. So every time she gets deeper and deeper, you hear the chirping of the bird until the very last scene where she's completely like learned the heptapod language and they we see the picture of the 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 canary that the the daughter drew. You know, it's like it's just like this whole journey. And there's like how these different levels of the bird affects like her personal journey in the movie itself. So that's so good. I, I don't know. I love I love filmmaking, man. Yeah. That's I hope to be that smart in my filmmaking. I know, right. <laughs> right. That one day. I, I I I tried to do the same thing with Me Cute on Dance World, like which people don't never notice, but like there's a storyline happening in the background of the whole short film. There's like this there's the there's the A plot in front of the camera, but in the background there's a storyline happening too. Where the the character from the opening scene is getting back to his feet and people are cheering him on to get back into the game, um, mm-hmm. but it's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's that's amazing. Yeah, definitely check those out. So again, all of Micah's links are down below. Uh, you know, please please uh, check him out, share his interviews and everything else, and uh, we look forward to seeing Micah's feature films, his Reign of Fire reboot. Yeah. Uh, yes. One day. Got to make this feature first, yeah. and then we'll get to Reign of and Fire. And then we'll get baby. to Reign of Fire. There it is. So thanks a lot for listening, everyone. We super appreciate it. Uh, you know, as always, make sure to share with 100,000 of your closest friends. 
It's the yeah. least you can do. Don't watch Wolves. And don't watch Wolves. <laughs> don't, don't watch, watch Wolves. wolves. <laughs> if, if you're listening now and haven't gotten going back through episodes, you can just, I mean, you can watch that episode, but don't watch the movie. Just listen to us talk about it. <laughs> so thanks a lot for joining us, everyone, and we will see you next time. A father's tragic past, hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller Series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month, we bring a new short story to life in a full-cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller Series wherever you listen to podcasts, and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.